the Dakota Rustler Show, aiming to keep America, its citizens, and minds free. Now, here's your host, Daryl Root. Hello and welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show. Today's main topic, as I posted earlier on Facebook this week, is losing gracefully has gone extinct. And it has. But before we get to that, I want to mention a few other things. Number one, I want to give a shout out to the Hedgehog Watchdog, which is run by my fellow Libertarian Party XCOM members, Devin Saxon and Greg Baldwin. You can find them on YouTube. They usually put together a pretty good show interviewing other Libertarians. So if you have time, check them out. The Hedgehog Watchdog. Number two, I want to talk a little bit about the recreational marijuana issue that is going to be heard in the South Dakota Supreme Court. If you're not familiar with that, uh, South Dakotans passed recreational marijuana by a 55 to 45% margin. However, Noam and her, well, her posse of people who didn't like that decided to challenge this in court as being more than one topic, which is kind of ironic. I guess they're saying it involves hemp, it involves marijuana. They see that as two different issues and therefore unconstitutional. But yet earlier throughout the months leading up to that, Christy Noam kept saying we can't pass these laws because police have no way of knowing the difference between marijuana and hemp. Well, anybody familiar with the topic knows that there is a huge difference between the two. So it's a little ironic that she would want to come up with something like that. So I came up with new language for a amendment that should the Supreme Court decide this one is unconstitutional, I've got new language for a new one. It's a lot simpler. It's only 55 words as opposed to pages. And here's what I would have it say. The right of the citizens of South Dakota, ages 21 and older, to plant, grow, cultivate, buy, sell, barter, use and consume marijuana in any form and for any purpose, and the right of citizens of South Dakota under the age of 21 to use and consume marijuana for medicinal purposes shall not be infringed. Christy Noam apparently understands shall not be infringed because she uses it constantly when she properly defends our Second Amendment rights. So yes, uh, when it comes to freedom, she believes in... The Second Amendment, that our rights should not be infringed, but when it comes to marijuana, for some reason, she decides that our rights should be infringed. So I think that would be a good way to do that. And let me read that one more time just so everybody can hear it. The right of the citizens of South Dakota, ages 21 and older, to plant, grow, cultivate, buy, sell, barter, use, and consume... Marijuana in any form and for any purpose, and the right of citizens of South Dakota under the age of 21 
to use and consume marijuana for medicinal purposes shall not be infringed. It's a simple statement. It's 55 words that we can all get behind. We don't need all these special rules and regulations and everything else that go with it. That can be done through various laws. As long as that amendment is on the book, we would have legalized marijuana in South Dakota. Virtually every other state has it. Let's get with the program. All right. Now, and that kind of leads into the sore loser thing, because by taking this to the Supreme Court, Christy Noem and her compadres are playing the sore loser thing. And that feeds right into the main topic of today, which I said is losing gracefully has gone extinct. So I'm going to give some examples here of some sore losers, mostly in the political aspect. But before we do that, let's get into signs of a sore loser. What are the signs of somebody who is a sore loser? Number one, they discredit that they discredit the winner by implying that they didn't win, that you lost. This happens a lot in sport. Well, we didn't play our game well. We didn't convert first downs when we needed to convert first downs. We didn't shoot the puck well. We didn't shoot the ball well at the basket. We had too many errors. That suggests that you lost. And that's okay if you also include statements more than just a passing statement that the other team outplayed us, they were better today, they shot the ball better. A lot of times sports people just write that off as, eh, they just played better than us, what can I say? And that's it, one sentence. Meanwhile, they're giving 10, 15, 20 sentences on why they lost, why they didn't play well. So that's a number one sign of a sore loser, discrediting the winner. Uh, number two, a sour attitude, showing anger towards the winner. How many times do people show anger towards the winner? Number three, the blame game. And this is probably the overwhelming majority of sore loser cases. Things such as it was fixed, the ref screwed up, you cheated. And we have a lot of this in politics, which I'm going to cover. That's the blame game, basically blaming everyone else for what happened. Then you also have the quiet rage factor. That's number four, quiet rage. This is when you quit playing or participating when you're bested by somebody else. The old adage of a kid taking the ball and going home because they don't want to play by his rules or the teams aren't fair, so I'm going to go, I'm going to take my ball and go home, and nobody's going to play. It's kind of the quiet rage, you know, lack of participating. Well, you just refuse to speak to somebody after you've been bested. So how did all this start anyway? Well, I think you can go back 20, 30 years ago, however long it's been, since we started handing out participation trophies. This was done because... Kids shouldn't have to feel what it's like to lose when they're little. Well, let me tell you something. The real world has winners. The real world has losers. And there's absolutely no harm in letting kids understand this. If they spend their entire childhood thinking that they're special, that they deserve a trophy just for participating, when they get out in the real world 
and they lose, they're not going to be able to handle it. And I think you see that today with all the mass shootings that are going on. Let's take the Indianapolis shooter at FedEx. Some people will say it was a racist motivated thing. You know, but he was basically a minority at that place, and they probably picked on him, and who knows what happened in there. But for some reason, he got, I didn't hear whether he was canned, he was an ex-employee, probably had an attitude towards the place, and he didn't understand losing. How did he get back? He went in and shot a bunch of people. And I think this attitude of participation trophies that nobody is a loser has had a lot of people growing up not being able to handle losing. I go back to the kids are special. Excuse me, but kids are not special to anyone but you. Your kids will always be special to you, yes. But your kids really aren't special to anyone else. You take two people having a discussion about their kids. Oh, your kid's wonderful. Your kid's this. Your kid's that. Nobody should ever hurt them. You know, your kids, they're just special. Well, what's the first thing that happens when these two adults separate and they go their own way? They probably go home to their husband or wife or friend or relative. I mean, you name it. Saying, did you see so-and-so's kids? He's a real a-hole. I can't believe he would do that. Trust me, your kids are not special to anybody but you. And we shouldn't treat kids like they're special to everybody because they're not. You'd be amazed at what people say about you behind your back. I do flooring for a living. I get in a lot of homes. I hear a lot of conversations that people don't think I'm hearing. I know it. It takes place. Trust me. Uh, here, how about another example of who's a sore loser? How about everyone who loses to Tom Brady? Tom Brady has been in 10 Super Bowls, winning seven of them, losing three. I, I get tired of watching the same people win too, but let's face it. Tom Brady is arguably the best quarterback that ever existed he proved it this past year by going to a new team and winning the Super Bowl. He just gets things done. And a lot of people are angry that he gets things done every time, but he's he's just that good. You know, so we got a lot of people who are sore losers. You know, did New England cheat over the years? You can argue that they did. You can argue that they didn't. You know, but whether they cheated or not, Tom Brady was probably going to the Super Bowl and winning. How about another example of sore losers? Well, we can go back to Al Gore. We can go to Hillary Clinton supporters. We can go to Trump supporters. Al Gore in 2000, remember the hanging chads in Florida? They decided that Bush 43 took the state of Florida. Al Gore supporters argued they were sore losers. They didn't like the fact that it was going to the Supreme Court. The whole ordeal, you know, look it up on Google and read the history of it. Al Gore was kind of, in my opinion, the first sore loser of our time. And then we go to Hillary Clinton in 2016, who lost to Donald Trump. What happened? They were sore losers. Their supporters were sore losers. Well, it had to be the Russians. The Russians interfered. It wasn't the fact that Hillary ran around in states like Pennsylvania 
calling people that hung on to God and guns as deplorables. It wasn't the fact that she hardly spent any time, if any, in Wisconsin and Michigan, states that she thought were, you know, in the bag for her. She didn't take the time to campaign there. Trump did take a lot of time to campaign there, and he convinced voters to vote for him, more so than Hillary. So again, Hillary was a sore loser. Then we get to the election of 2020, and it's still going on. We have the Trump sore losers. Well, it had to be fraud. There was fraud in Pennsylvania, fraud in Michigan, fraud in Wisconsin, in Nevada. They keep trying to come up with all these states. The only one where they might have a legitimate complaint, and I'm not even going to call it legitimate, might be Georgia. Georgia is notoriously Republican, yet they went for Joe Biden and they went with two senators who were Democrats. This doesn't happen in Georgia. Just go back and look at their history. They are strictly Republican for so long. So if there's any legitimate argument, it would be in Georgia. But even so, even if that is the case and Georgia was fraudulent, Georgia would not have put Trump over the top. You know, he still would have lost by a large margin. And then you have the, you know, as I said, there was, the supporters just kept arguing, arguing that it's fraud. They refused to believe that Trump lost. They're saying Biden is not their president. Well, like it or not, Biden is your president. Get over it. Quit being a sore loser. And libertarians sometimes fall into this category, too. We lose elections. We don't seem to be able to get out of mid-single-digit numbers in a three-way race, even in a two-way race where we're only facing a Republican, as happens here in South Dakota, or in cases where we're only facing a Democrat. We still only manage to get in the upper teens. And sometimes libertarians like to say the system is rigged. Well, yes, it is rigged, but even if it wasn't rigged and we could get on the ballot, still only manage, you know, 5% of the vote a lot of times. Why? Well, a lot of it's because the uh, third party is a wasted vote concept. Everybody's afraid that if they vote for a third party, the person they really don't want to win office will win. So they avoid voting for a third party because of that. But the sad thing about that is there are so many voters out there that want a third party that if they banded together and actually voted for a third party, we would have a legitimate third party. The problem is they don't band together. And libertarians, I guess we need to do a better job of convincing these people that we're not the typical two-party system, that we can do a better job, and we need to convince these people to band together and vote for the third party. As I said, if everybody who wanted a third party would actually do so, there would be a legitimate third party and maybe even a fourth party, then we could have some real interesting votes. We could put a scare into Democrats. We could put a scare into Republicans. So let's do it. Let's get moving. 
Let's get into another sore loser type thing. Let's go to the George Floyd trial. Uh, fortunately, the video evidence and everything else that went with it, he was Derek Chauvin was accused of murder and manslaughter. But let's look at what Maxine Waters said up to that point. At one point, she was asked what voters should do if no guilty verdict was reached in Mr. Chauvin's trial. And Maxine Waters said, and I quote, We've got to stay on the street. We've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they know we mean business. Now, of course, this is not the entire paragraph. It's not everything she said, so it could be taken out of context. But words do have meanings. What is the meaning in confrontational? Well, according to the dictionary, it's an adjective, meaning tending to deal with situations in an aggressive, hostile, or argumentative way. Well, aggressive and hostile suggest exactly that, violence. Is she advocating violence? Because there's certainly been enough violence going on in the riots that are taking place over these trials. So Maxine Waters is kind of playing the role of a sore loser. If we don't get our way in the court case, we're going to be sore losers and we're going to get aggressive and violent. Uh, let's take another case of a sore loser. And this one is actually by a winner. Joe Biden won the election. He beat Donald Trump in a record turnout election. They both had more votes than what any presidential candidate ever had prior. He won. But Democrats and he are sore losers because during the Trump presidency, three Supreme Court justices retired and Trump got the name three. So the court is now at a six to three conservative advantage. And I guess I don't know. Maybe the main reason they hate this is because Republicans didn't want to vote on a Supreme Court nominee during the final months of the Obama administration. If you're a follower of my Dakota Ridge Rustler page years ago, you will know that I argued that Republicans should have at least had hearings on a Supreme Court nominee by Obama, but they didn't. I knew it would come back to bite them. And it is. However, let's get back to Biden and the Democrats being upset about the Supreme Court thing. What's their answer to having a 6-3 conservative advantage? They don't like it. How do they want to attack it? They want to consider packing the Supreme Court and bumping it up to 13, which of course means they could appoint four liberal judges. And we'd now have a 7-6 to six liberal advantage. They say it would balance things out. Well, how about this for balancing things out? How about hoping that three Supreme Court justices retire while Biden and Harris are in office? And if they're as good as they think they are, they'll have eight years. They can name three liberal Supreme Court justices and have a 6-3 advantage on the liberal side of things. They don't even need all three. All they need is two. 
If they can get two Supreme Court justices, that takes away two conservatives down to four. It adds two up to five, and they'll have their liberal advantage. Quit being a sore loser. Quit doing, quit trying to alter the Supreme Court and how it works. It's been working great for the last 150-some years with nine justices. Let's keep it that way. We don't need to alter them. They're in there for life. You know, should they be? I don't know. You know, maybe they have a legitimate argument there, but packing the Supreme Court is wrong. FDR tried it way back when, and fortunately, Congress did not go with it. He lost on that hope, and let's hope it happens again, that there's no gain with this. How about uh, another example of a sore loser? How about the unions that wanted to move in on Amazon in Alabama? Uh, there's an Amazon plant in Alabama that wanted to, that the union wanted to get into, and the voters denied it. Uh, just let, let me read a story here. Union appeals Amazon election in Alabama says company violated laws. A petition seeks new election after Bessemer employees voted not to unionize. Amazon has said it followed all laws. Many Amazon workers at the Bessemer, Alabama warehouse said they rejected the union because they did not believe their salary and benefits would substantially improve. There is your reason right there. They didn't think their benefits and their salary would substantially improve, you know, which I think means they don't believe that what they would pay in union dues, they would get back in benefits. To get back to the story, more than 70% of workers who cast ballots in the election voted against joining the union. That's a 70 to 30% margin. Remember this as I go on. The union that unsuccessfully sought to organize an Amazon location in Alabama has filed challenges over the vote saying the company violated legal restrictions throughout the election. In objections filed with the National Labor Relations Board, attorneys representing retail, wholesale, and department store unions alleged that Amazon intimidated and threatened employees into voting against unionizing. A union called meetings or cited meetings that the company held with voters and a mailbox installed outside. The union alleges that Amazon, through company representatives, threatened employees with the loss of jobs or closing of the warehouse as well as possible loss of compensation and benefits if the union were approved. Okay, well, let's get into this. Let's say the union had been voted for. That would mean higher wages, higher benefits most likely, and as a result, Amazon would have been a little less competitive. How do you make up for being a little less competitive? Well, you do. You cut back on benefits. Companies have to survive. But we go back to the 70 to 30% margin, you know, more than 70%. That means in order to turn that around and get a 51 to 49 advantage the other way, they would have to convince 21% of the people who voted 
Well, they would have had to intimidate 21%. That's a lot of intimidation. I don't see it happening. You might convince some people through intimidation not to vote for a union, but to intimidate that many? Really? Is it possible? Are people in Alabama that weak-minded, that gullible, that they're going to allow Amazon to intimidate them into not voting for a union? Let's give the people of Alabama more credit than that. Most people are capable of thinking for themselves. And to suggest that 21%, which is what would be required to flip that union vote around, that's going a little overboard in my mind. And I could go on and on and on about sore losers, you know, whether it be in politics, whether it's in sports, whether it's in labor relations. We've just been playing that card too much lately. And I think it's time to stop. Let's admit that when we lose, we lose. Let's give the other side credit. The other side did a better job. You know, in politics, you know, Trump did a better job in 2016. Biden did a better job in 2020. Going back to, you know, participation trophies. There are winners in life. There are losers in life. And sports is a good place to teach kids that there are winners and losers in life. There's nothing wrong with losing. Losing should be an encouragement for people to do better, to get better, to be number one. And you can't do that if losing isn't accepted as a reality in life. Let's quit discrediting the winners. Let's quit playing the lame game or the blame game. Let's quit discrediting the winners. Let's quit having sour attitudes. Let's quit blaming somebody else for things that don't go the way they're supposed to. And instead of having a quiet rage and being mad at winners, let's just accept the fact that there are winners. Well, I think that does it for today's show. So till next time, be safe and be free. Thank you for listening. For listening to the Dakota Russell Show, a production of DL Root. All rights reserved by DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their shared partners. Unauthorized use is prohibited. This show is sponsored by Camp Bridger Seasonings. Products available at CampBridger.net.